New Life family. And welcome to all who are online. Thank you for joining with us today. Amen. We're talking about no ifs, ands, or buts. No ifs, ands, or buts. God wants you to enjoy the easy life. No ifs, ands, or buts. But this, or what if this happens, or what if that? Let me, let me remind you, we're, going, we're in this world, and it's real, and there's trouble on every side, and there's storms happening, and every one of us know there is going on, right? <sighs> Remember this, God don't take Rolades. He don't have heartburn. He's not worried about anything. He started something, and he's very, very, and I mean very confident he can finish it. And he wants us to join with that truth, that fact. Would you all agree? I'm going I'm to give you some illustrations today that I feel like is going to help you. And we're going to get so into our Father in heaven. Ah, we're going we're gonna to want to do everything that he's in, in the mix of. Whatever he's doing, we're going to be with him. Whatever he's doing, we're going to be all in. Y'all like that idea? And he's doing something. Amen. But uh, he, his, his, uh, he's limited to our availability for him to really finish some things he wants to get finished. He needs our hearts. He really does. And I, I've got people I love dearly that um, when I'm with them, at times if it wasn't for my, I'm already settled in my faith, I already... I'm already convinced about how God cares about me and how he cares about everybody else. If it wasn't for me having a confidence that I have in my connection with, with him, they would almost convince me that they're telling the truth. Pause for effect. I, I've got kin folks that after they get through talking, if it wasn't for me knowing, hey man, where I'm at with daddy, they would convince me that God don't love them and that God's the problem. And if God cared, he, I wouldn't have to do, go through this and I wouldn't suffer this and I wouldn't suffer. Anybody ever had that conversation before with somebody? And that they're convincing. And if you don't have your faith settled in your relationship with God, they'll pull you into their sympathy, their need for sympathy, rather. Amen? Now, it's not them, by the way. It's, it's the voice they're hearing that's convinced them that our Father doesn't care. And that if God cared enough and he loved enough, then this wouldn't be happening and that wouldn't be happening. And, and they, the illustrations just are coming in waves on if God really cared, then why? And it sounds so convincing, but if if you don't have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, you're going to get pulled in. True or not. You don't have to say, man, that's okay. But he said, come, take my yoke up on you. In other words, be yoked with me. He, the illustration is he's the mature ox and we're the young ox. Join with me. Come, come, come learn. I, I want to teach you about me. I am meek 
and I am lowly is what he says. My yoke is light and easy. Now, you're either going to wear my yoke or you're going to wear another yoke. It's a heavy yoke, and it's just going to beat you up, and you're going to live life trying to figure stuff out, and it's not going to add up at the end of the day. And there won't be a lot of joy, and there won't be a lot of hope, and there'll be a bad report all the time. Anybody been about a, about a bad report before? Now, this is, you know, the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're either going to give a good report or an evil report. There's no middle ground. It's either bad or good. True? We're either saying what our father's saying, or we're saying what we think our father's saying, which is the other one. Amen. And he's very convinced and he does his job well. Just so that you know this, when, when God sent out 12 spies by way of Moses, two come back with a good report, 10 come back with an evil report. So important for you to catch this because logically, the 10 thought they were protecting Israel from trouble. They thought they were covering Israel from pain and suffering. Because we are grasshoppers in their sights. There's giants in the lands. They got it all together, but we can't win. And they were convinced of that. They believed that they couldn't win. But two said, oh, we're well able. It didn't measure up, but it wasn't about what measures up. It was about what God said. God said, go take it. God said he's already given it. God said, no. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a fresh word from heaven. And if our ears are not tuned in to hear what the Spirit is saying, we're going to be pulled into something else. And so let me, let me give you something that, so you can get balance in your life. If it's always doom and gloom, despair, agony, and defeat, and the, and the sky is falling, your ear is not tuned in to what the Lord's saying. If you have an ear that can hear what the Spirit is saying, oh, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. And while the boat looks like it might going to fall apart, you can actually get down by Jesus and go to sleep. Right in the middle of what looks like it's fixing to just tear up. And it's going to be destruction and you're not going to make it. So anytime there's an evil report that doesn't equal the kingdom of God that he put within us. Y'all got to catch this season. We can stop and have a prayer meeting right now. The kingdom was within you, and it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? Anytime there's something being said that does not match that, it's not from heaven. That's a good amen there. If there's a report in contradiction to that, the Lord's not in his house. There's another, another spirit in the house speaking. And we want the Lord in his house, do we not? Okay, there's no ifs, ands, or buts when it comes to God's plan. He's already won the battle, ladies and gentlemen. And I know if we walk by sight, it doesn't look like it. But if you have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying, you don't walk by sight, you walk by faith. Faith is the only thing that pleases God, and faith only comes by having an ear that can hear what the Spirit is saying. <sighs> now, 
if I need my ear to be tuned in for station identification, we need to get on the wavelength, amen, from the one that put us together because he's glorified in that we have an ear to hear and we only say what we hear and we only do what we say. That's how he's glorified, correct? And we're actually being sons when we walk that way, correct? Amen. If I need my ear to be tuned in, what is affecting my thanksgiving? What's influencing my praise? So important that we consider what's going to be said here in the next few days or next few moments. Apparently, God's going to be talking to you for the next few days. That didn't happen by accident. Apparently, God wants to tell you something. He's going to be talking for you to you the next few days. And he's going to be adjusting your attitude of gratitude for him and what he's already done. Remember, I have people I love dearly that if I hang out with them and I'll, I don't have already settled in my spirit who God is and what he's done for me, They'll pull me into their bad report. They'll pull me into their little religious propaganda. Their cultural static. And the kingdom won't be able to manifest. And God can't get his glory when I'm being manipulated and controlled by lying spirits. And it looks like they're in charge, doesn't it? Look around you in the world right now. If you walk by sight, it's like, uh, duh. So when I open my eyes and walk by sight, yeah, man, it's messed up. <sighs> but when I get under the spot where the glory falls out and pours out, the Lord said, I ain't got no problem. Matter of fact, get ready. I'm going to show you my glory. I'm about to reveal myself to you so that through you, I can really impact the people that need me in their lives. Amen. This, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about God's plan. It's settled, ladies and gentlemen. And it's not the hard life. He designed us to walk with him and rest. R-E-S-T. Not be wore out, beat up, distracted, frustrated, worried. That's not the identity of our Heavenly Father. And I, and I also found out, ladies and gentlemen, that you know, the, 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 we call it the Lord's Prayer, but if you go look at the Lord's Prayer a little closely, it's talking about you being who He is. That's all it's talking about. And, and every reason to be thankful is right there in that little uh, prayer that He taught His disciples to agree with. God's name is great, and He calls you by that name. The kingdom of God is there. And you pray, you agree with him that his will be done, not all this other stuff going on. And he's the bread that came down from heaven. Ha. Ah, amen. We can get an unction from God right now. If you're worried about what's going on, what should I do next? Pause for station identification and, and give God some room. Let him talk to you about what to do next. He orders every one of our steps. And if you need mercy today, he's ready to give it in abundance. I found out if I need more mercy, show more mercy. <sighs> I've got reasons to be thankful today. 
He's given me the path to walk. It's straight and it's narrow, amen, but it's the right way to go. Amen. No if, ands, or buts. So we have an illustration in the Old Testament where um, Isaiah, and you heard me speak about it a few weeks ago, he has a vision and he's humbled by the vision and he repents and says, I'm a man of unclean lips. He repents to God for that and he repents for Israel. And, and one of the angels that were circling the throne of God comes down and grabs a coal off the altar and touches his lip and said, your guilt is taken from you. Just that quick, just because he repented. And God speaks at that point. God ain't said anything at that, up to that point. He's already convicted, already repenting. God ain't even said nothing. He just sees the, the awe of God's presence and angels. Just, they just, holy, holy, holy. And they're wowed by the presence of God and what they can see because they're around the throne. And he's convicted and says, I talk too much. And the, Lord, and the Lord wipes his guilt from him. And then God says, I need a man. I need someone that will go for me. Won't you go yourself, God? No, I've, I've put a plan together. And I limit myself to someone being available for that I can work through. And at that point, because the guilt's gone, I say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Now, what's a good type and shadow in the New Testament on this side of the cross that will help us? I want to give you uh, what Paul writes to the Corinthian church. I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. Well, you're talking about the future. You're talking about heaven. You're talking about some, someday in the near, no, no, that's not what Paul's talking about at all. Go read it for yourself, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. These are the things. What, what things? Think, I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him and hath been revealed by the Spirit. When does this happen? Paul's writing to a brand new baby church and letting them know, you need to hear what the Spirit's saying. It's revealed by the Spirit. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? That's why I'm always doing with a guy in the mirror. I know that that, 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 that guy ain't cool. He's not cool at all. Yet God loves him, and God wants to change him. Go on. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Y'all catch that? You can't tell me what God said unless the Spirit of God has access to you. If he don't have a place in his house, you can say all day God said, and God's being blamed for stuff he didn't say. He's being accused of stuff he never said. He's also getting accused of things he's never done in the name of good. Ah, pastor, be careful now. Because, you see, I have an idea of what good is, and I made the discernment, well, since this is good, this is what I'm going to do so I'll feel better about myself. 
And it wasn't, engage, it wasn't God who did it. It was me trying to be God. Has anybody ever done that before? I think we try to do it every day. We have received, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us for. When did they receive this spirit? When they were baptized in spirit and fire. Anybody needs a record of that, go to Acts 2, go to Acts 4, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. They're, they're, these, are, these are recorded events where God fills someone with his spirit and he gives them his word and his utterance. Ah, anybody catching this? This is what we speak. What? When the spirit has access to his house. And that most unruly member now is subject to the spirit that is Lord of his house. Amen. He's in his house, and now we can only say what we hear our Father say. This is what Paul's saying. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, which sounds so convincing, but in words taught by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept these things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. God wants to continue being the creator he is through you. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word needed a vessel. And so the Word, who is God, was made flesh and dwelt among us because the only way we're going to redeem fallen Adam, humanity, there has to be an example. There has to be a sacrifice. And God, who is spirit, robes himself in flesh. Amen. That's how we know their sonship. There is the body of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only body, son. The whosoever believes in what? Sonship. This is your identity. If you ever agree with who you are, everlasting life now comes. Oh, it comes in waves. All of a sudden, amen, you're just getting the bread from heaven. You're in, in, embracing it. You're having fellowship with it. You and Adam now is walking with God again in the cool of the day. Ah, oh, and his conversation is, yes, Lord, amen. And he just keeps repeating what he hears. And as he repeats what he hears God saying, it's creative, it's delivering, it's light, it's salt. Amen. It's, it's everything that we need. No ifs, ands, or buts. You can't explain this, ladies and gentlemen. My if and my and and my but ain't going to change God. He set something in motion, and he's asking for someone to believe. And if I can believe his plan and not my plan, well, my plan, Lord, 
I mean, if I'm going to be involved in it, my plan should be how we do this. And that's a religious lie. It's religious propaganda. It rejects him from being the one who should be in lead. He wants me to walk every step of the way by faith. And after I've been there by faith, he'll enlighten me with understanding afterwards. But he wants me to first make that step that I can't explain and trust him. No ifs, ands, or buts. If there are, that's why life has been hard for you. That's why there's been pushback. That's why there's always trouble. Because you have this if, or you say, well, and, or, or but this, and then, uh, and then you're wondering why the frustration and the worry, and you can't sleep at night, and, and you're dealing with all, anybody know what I'm talking about? There's no if, ands, and buts. It's yes, Lord. Isn't that right, Tony? Then there's peace. Then there's joy. Then there's comfort. Then there's rest. Then there's, I know that I know that I, know. I can't explain it, but I know it. Ah, the easy life. Right in the middle of everything looking like it's falling apart. Find the eye of the storm. Because that's where daddy's at. And it's always a calm. And it's a place of rest where he's at. Don't pay attention to all the stuff happening. All the politics, all the lies, all the propaganda, all the stuff going on in our world. It's stealing from you precious time with our Heavenly Father. Time that he wants to glorify his name and reveal to our world who he is. He's just waiting on us to say, yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. And so, you know, we have, we have, uh, we have an opportunity here today to... Uh, consider some things that Paul goes on and says to the church and he gives the church a warning and he reminds them of their forefathers how that they were delivered out of Egypt the type of the world and they were baptized as they walked through the Red Sea anybody read this and he's, he's writing it to the Corinthian church a brand new church well why is he writing this to why is he why are you saying why are you telling me this Paul and so he keeps on. He says, oh, they ate the same spiritual bread or drank from the same spiritual rock. That rock was Christ. Oh, their clothes didn't wear out. They followed the cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And the then-known nations of the world wouldn't mess with them because, man, I don't know. Mm -mm. Y'all have, have the God on your side. So it looks like, yeah, that's right. We got the God. And then Paul says, but with many of them, God was not pleased. And they were overthrown in the wilderness. Why? Because of their murmuring, their complaining. Pastor, why did you have to go there? Because if I'm complaining about something, and I'm finding fault, and the list goes on, y'all. I'm not being thankful. Did y'all know where there's complaint, there's lack of gratitude? Did y'all know that? I 
won't be able to finish this one today. I can see right now. There's already a need for help, Jesus, help me. No ifs, ands, or buts, huh? And so, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Worship, when you think about it. We have a religious idea of what worship looks like, don't we? But if we go with God's prescription on worship, we may have to readjust the way, way we approach him, huh? Love silence. For there to be true worship, Jesus said, a true worshiper worships in spirit and in truth. He said the time was coming when the true worshipers will go worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Right? Worship in spirit, in spirit, and I just read to you, when the spirit has his way in my life, I say only what he says. And what he says is always the truth. And a true worshiper worships in spirit and in truth. So a true worshiper is one that only says what Father says, and only does what Father does, right? That's a true worshiper. Only a few be that to find it. So I want to worship, right? So in your Bible, it's easily found. It's there. You need to do your homework, and if you can't find it, I'll help you find it. Amen. We'll get to connect. But for there to be worship, there has to be gratitude. There has to be thanksgiving first, first. Well, why would I want to worship someone in the first place if I'm not thankful? You won't. Have you ever found, I don't know, I don't know why in the world I don't pray? You're not thankful. Well, I don't know why I'm not thankful. Well, you need, you need some help. You need, you, need, you need to ask God to help you with that. And God will, we have not because we. So, let me give you an illustration. God loved Abraham. And he calls Abraham uh, out of Ur, of the Chaldeans. He was a Babylonian priest. He was, he was involved in some interesting dark stuff before God pulled him out. Like all of us. And Abraham, or Abram at that time, before God called him Abraham, the father of faith, Abram has a heart that's looking for answers. And God saw his heart and called him and said, come out from Ur and follow me. Oh, has anybody, have you ever felt this need to come out from something you shouldn't be in? You ever felt this need to, dude, I got to get this off of me. I don't like it making me feel dirty, right? That's daddy. He's reaching for you because he puts you in his likeness. And your DNA is like him. It, ain't, it don't associate with darkness on that level, right? So he loved Abram, and Abram walked with God, and Abram gave his heart to God until the point that God said, I'm going to give you a promised seed. 
And of this seed, you just stars can't even be numbered like this. And the sand of the seas can't match it. I'm gonna, you, you're going to be a father of many nations, right? And he loved Abram. And then he called him the Abraham, the father of faith. Well, Abraham's seed, which was Isaac, and then Paul later confirms, well, it was Isaac was a type of the real seed, Christ. <sighs> Very important. Because Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God, and he found not, but he wavered not. So he walked with God, and he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. But he didn't find it because it wasn't time yet. But he kept looking. He kept walking by faith. Anybody felt like, you know, when does this faith stuff stop and I can just arrive? <laughs> hmm? Well, if, if, I'm, if I'm having fellowship with God, it don't matter how long it takes. It's when I start looking, well, well I'm, I'm about ready for this to end. I mean, I've been doing this long enough. Well, you need to go back and open up your heart up and let the Lord come back in <laughs> and get back in the current and let's go and walk by faith. So, Abraham's seed, Isaac, gets in trouble, and they get in bondage in Egypt. Very important. Y'all catch this. And God loved Abraham and his seed. And so God wants Abraham's seed to come out of Egypt and worship him. Well, why does God want us to worship? It's not that, it's not that he's trying to get us to worship from our lens and our idea of worship. He knows what we need. We need him in our lives. And he's not going to push himself into our life. He's just going to knock on the door. He's going to keep inviting us. He's going to be letting things happen in our life that eventually we'll say, oh, I give up. Why didn't I choose you early on? Why did I wait so long to do this? Right? So, why would the children of Israel want to worship God they wouldn't they don't have any reason to worship God they don't understand how good he is they don't even know if he really cares about them they don't know nothing that's attractive about God think about that and so God decides well I'm going to show you who I am I'm going to flex my muscles and show you how powerful I am and I'm going to show you that you're the apple of my eye, and I'm going after you. And so, he, did he love Pharaoh in Egypt too? Yeah, he loved Pharaoh, and he loved all the people of Egypt. He loved everybody. But he wants, he made a promise to Abraham. He made a promise to a man that gave his heart to him. And so, God hardens the heart of Pharaoh. God hardens the heart of Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would not let Israel go and God tells Pharaoh if you don't let them go then I'm going to do this and he does that and Israel's like oh he's doing this for us and he hardens Pharaoh's heart some more he hardened it un until he done like 10 powerful wow acts of I'm into this people and I want them to be set free and come out and worship me so by the time Pharaoh says, calf rope, go, get out of here. 
Israel is now starting to posture themselves like, okay, we're the children of God. Amen. We're the seed of Abraham. God does love us. And so their attitude shifting. And they're able to do the Passover thing on their way out. But get this, ladies and gentlemen. They still can't worship yet. Amen. God has to bring Pharaoh on the back and corner them at the Red Sea. And they go through the Red Sea. And they see the Red Sea engulf Pharaoh's army and destroy them. And on the other side of that Red Sea, they got timbrels now, and they start dancing. They start getting into this. Okay. Hey, man, you might, it might be time to say, thank you, Jesus, and celebrate and kind of give him some kind of evidence that you're awesome, God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We ain't worshiping God if we don't have some appreciation. And God knows that. He's not making any one of us clap our hands or shout with the voice of triumph or dance before him. He's not making anybody do that. And this religious spirit in our world right now and all the stuff going on in our religious world and in our political world has got most of the church world giving a bad report instead of a good report. We're talking more about what's wrong in our world than we're talking about what's right that God's doing. Anybody, don't have to raise your hand. It's so tempting. The enemy knows how to do his job well, and he goes to church every time we gather. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the spirit of the enemy. And people will let that spirit get on them. And then we wonder why we can't live up to the identity that Christ says we're to walk in with him. Nor can we tend to the harvest as laborers in the fields. Because we're distracted. And we've lost our appreciation and our thanksgiving somewhere on the journey. I'm, I'm, I'm saying no ifs, ands, or buts, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord wants you to know that he comes right where we are when we're ready and he will give us our personal Pentecost. You know that was a feast day, by the way. Wasn't a religion. Wasn't a denomination. It was an actual feast day where God decided by way of his, his rent, torn flesh and his blood that he spilled out, he would come back in spirit form. Christ in us and baptize us in his spirit and fire so that we could stand up and be his sons and daughters, powerful, and only say what he says, only do what he does, with, with no regard to darkness, no regard to the political atmosphere in a nation. We pray for the politicians. We pray for everybody in politics and in government and as magistrates. Because God asks us to do that. Why? Because he wants his kingdom to manifest. He wants there to be peace with us. So if I'm negative towards politics or I'm negative towards anything going on in this world, I've pushed him out of the way and I've taken a posture as though I have the right to give this report. He wants me to be his ambassador of his kingdom. His kingdom is not of this world. 
look, Pilate come back from the religious group that had delivered Jesus to him to judge. And he walks into the room, Jesus, after he talked to the religious group that says, we can't kill him, we want you to kill him. Because if we kill him, we'll be unclean. We want you to be unclean. <laughs> You're already unclean, you dog, you. <laughs> and he goes, in, he goes in there after talking to the religious group about what's he, what's he done? And he comes in and says, are you really a king? And he's sizing him up and doing what you do in, when you're in that position. He's looking at him and are you really a king? He said, are you saying I am or did you hear, listen to somebody else talk about me? And then he says, do I look like a Jew? I don't care. Basically what he was saying. And Jesus said, look, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, the ones that were following me would have fought for me and stopped y'all from taking me in. But they didn't do that because my kingdom's not of this world. I am here for one objective, and that's to demonstrate truth. I am here to reveal the truth. I am the truth. And Pilate nonchalantly, nonchalantly, brushed it off and said, ah, what is truth? And walked back out to the mob. And said, he, I ain't found nothing wrong with him. He seems to be pretty cool to me. He don't put up with my junk. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? God don't put up with the junk of the world. He's very, as a matter of fact, no ifs, ands, or buts. Amen. And here he is, standing between heaven and earth for you and me. And going to demonstrate what he didn't deserve, he took for us. So that we would get thankful. We would finally become thankful. And he dies for us, amen, so that we could live and have that life more abundantly. Amen. Appreciation. Appreciation. And so Israel can't worship unless they've got something to draw from that validates the one that they're going to worship. And God went over and above, ladies and gentlemen, to give us a reason to be thankful. So worship. True worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. So this worship thing, what is worship? Amen. Desi divine service. It's likened unto a dog that licks the hand. Anybody dog people here? A dog is loyal to its master. And it will squat down and humble itself before its master and wants to lick the master's hand. It's like that. It's homage. It's being willing to be prostrate before the one Amen, that you love. Think about that for a minute. Worship. Okay, so have I ever had a bad attitude and went to what I call church, you know, when I'm supposed to be the church, and the song was good enough that I felt good about the fact that God's presence was near, and I enjoyed the feel of the song, or the worship, if we call it, the song service, and I became comfortable enough with the fact, okay, I feel God, I'm good. 
We ever done that before? Can I be blunt with you? That might be a golden calf. Just pause for effect. Worship entails the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Go ahead, turn your books, all the Bible. You've got to be, you've got to be big enough to say, you know what, Lord, I don't understand what it is you've done for me that's so awesome, but obviously you did something awesome. And I need you to help me get a revelation of how awesome you are. We have not because we ask not. And we need to confess a hard heart. We need to confess some of the stuff we entertain. We need to get real and start confessing, Lord, I'm a hardhead. Lord, I'm arrogant. Lord, I think I know more than everybody else. And, and, and just get honest with God. Tell him the truth about how stinky it is dealing with the person in the mirror. Get real so God can start revealing to you by way of his presence coming through a broken and a contrite spirit. All of a sudden, thanksgiving happens. Before you can go into the temple, there's an outer court that has gates. And before you can go in that gate, there have, the sacrifice is it's examined there. Is that sacrifice good enough to go through the gates of thanksgiving? And if it's not, you don't go through. Anybody want to get in the gates? Yeah. So what's the problem? I got to get my sacrifice. I got to. I got to. I got to do some remembering. I'm not here because of me. I didn't arrive here because I was smart. And I got to start finding out that this guy needs to submit. He's got to get over him, so that I, I can get the breath of heaven. But not only is there the sacrifice of thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen, then there's a sacrifice of praise. And the sacrifice of praise don't, don't happen outside the gates. The sacrifice of praise happens inside the gates after you have laid it all down at the altar of sacrifice. Or you've, you've just made yourself prostrate before God. I need you, God. And then the sacrifice of praise, which is not a silent mouth. Praise always entails energy go check it out it's in the bible seven forms of praise there's lots of energy lively stones like they did when they got through the red sea and they were dancing and thank you jesus and right thank you yahweh for delivering us from the evil and they just got beside themselves and got their praise in him the only reason I won't praise him, ladies and gentlemen, is because I've been around too many evil reports. I won't be thankful and I won't praise because I've been around too many evil reports. This will help you as I bring it to a close here now. David ushered the presence of God back into Jerusalem. Why? Because the ark was taken during Eli's judge, as judge, his his reign as judge. The presence of God wasn't in it, Jerusalem. The enemy had it for a season. And then they found out it ain't good for us to have this. We need to get it out of our city. And it wound up at Obed-Edom's house. Went from one house to another. 
And when David heard that because Obed-Edom had the ark, his house was blessed abundantly, David, prepared by God, y'all got to catch this one. Now keep in mind, he was thankful because, did y'all know, according to history, he was illegitimate. The reason he wasn't part of the sons and when they were brought forth first is because he was illegitimate. He was brought later when they, Jesse, do you have a son? I don't want to talk about this one. Go get him. He's on the backside of the wilderness. Had to go get him. And when Samuel saw him, he's the one. Isn't that interesting? And David would have been on the backside of the wilderness in the presence of God. God talking to him. Him learning to sing. And boy, kill the bear. Kill the lion. Wow, God was with him. And he had baggage, y'all. David heard that the house of Obed-Edom was blessed. So David goes and he gets the ark. Amen. And did y'all know from where Obed-Edom's house is to where they, the ark rested in the tabernacle of David was 30,000 steps? Did y'all know that? No, probably didn't. Conservatively, 12 to 15 kilometers, 30,000 steps conservatively. Did you know that every six paces while they were bringing that ark back, they would set the ark down and offer a sacrifice? Did you know 30,000 steps divided into six is 5,000 sacrifices? Did y'all know that? It took him more than a day, didn't it? And every time they took six paces, they would set the ark down and offer a sacrifice. David would begin to dance. was mocked because of it. And God says of David, and keep in mind, y'all got to get this one. Now, David was a terrorist that joined with the Philistines. He was a womanizer. He was a murderer. He was a liar. But God says, uh, he's a man after my own heart. He's a prince. He knew how to worship. He knew how to repent. He knew what to do when he said, Thou art the man. He knew how to be broken. And he knew how to worship. Obviously, ladies and gentlemen, of the 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb knew how to worship. The other 10, they were just playing church. And they thought their opinions and their preferences was legit. But God called everything they said about what they saw to be a problem, an evil report. Ladies and gentlemen, you can look around our world right now, and there's trouble on every side. But if that's your conversation, you're carrying an evil report. promised land that they walked into was overrun by an evil report. It was totally anti-Christ, the whole promised land, until Israel walked in, until Christ showed up. And isn't it interesting? I just find this interesting that the first city is Jericho, 
and they walked around the city six days. But on the seventh, oh, they were worshiping while they were walking the first six days. But on the seventh, sacrifice of praise. And they shouted with a voice of triumph. And they acknowledged God with a loud thunder. The walls were still standing, by the way. And they were impregnable. But when God is placed in his rightful place, he wins every time. His train fills the temple. Could we stand? Do you want to be a part of our Father's train? And by the way, for you that know what that means, his robe has a long train behind it. A long one. And that train has its representative of all the victories he's won. Does anybody want to be a part of that train? He's come for us today. And can I, can I say to y'all that we've got more to be thankful for than we can imagine? But possibly, y'all, possibly, the spirit of Laodicea, that, that Jesus is showing John could that spirit potentially have impact on us we, we're rich, we're increased with goods we have need of nothing could that attitude ever touch any of us I'm not saying I'm rich but attitude says I'm rich attitude says I got it attitude says I don't need it and the Lord says but you're wretched and you're naked, and you're poor, and you're blind. What are, we, what are we poor about? What are we wretched about? What are we blind of? Gratitude. Worship. Our hearts are not postured. And can, can we all agree that probably David didn't have the spirit and fire that we have? He wasn't baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. Did y'all know that? That wasn't given until after Pentecost, or after the cross, at Pentecost. That's when that was given. And yet, 5,000 sacrifices, and he danced and worshiped at every one of them before the congregation. Does anybody want to be a man or woman after God's heart? Then God's asking us to get delivered of what other people think and be willing to posture ourselves to where you might be mocked if you worship Jesus. You might be laughed at and scorned if you get beside yourself because he loves you and that he, he died for you. Anybody want to make the enemy bad now? You put him under your feet? So today, in the next few minutes or moments, and as the singers come, I'm going to pray for you. We ask the Lord to help us get an attitude of gratitude Lord, I, I, need, I, need, I need an attitude of gratitude. I don't have it. And be honest. Confess it. Confess it. Because you're never going to praise God. You, you don't want to ever be guilty of leaping for joy, clapping your hands or raising your hands just because it's somebody thinks I'm praising God. I want to make you think I'm a believer, so I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to jump up and down. I'm going to clap my hand. No, you don't want to get into that. That's a lie, too. You want this to come from your fellowship with him out of gratitude. 
you want it to come where there's right here, you can feel it. Ah, oh, you can feel it right here when God, whoo, you feel the pressure. And all of a sudden, it just starts coming up like a well. And the next thing you know, it's coming out of you. And you really don't care what anybody thinks. All that matters is what daddy thinks. I got the best daddy in the world. I got the biggest daddy. He's the strongest daddy. He loves me. I mean, we just be kids for daddy. Amen? Be kids for daddy. Father, I thank you for the words today. No ifs, ands, or buts. You've already decided you want everybody to live life fulfilled. You want their life to be associated with you where it's easy and it's light. You want everyone in this building to learn of you, Lord. And to receive from you right now. You want to give them details of how much you care for them. You want to talk to them directly about how your heart beats for them and how they're the apple of your eye and the object of your affection and what you, what you went through just so that you could have fellowship with them. Lord, right now, help us to get honest and real and transparent about where we are in this thing called worship. We want to get the golden calf out of our churchy world. And we want you on the throne of our hearts so that we eat up with passion and with gratitude towards you until out of us the rivers are flowing. The praise is being demonstrated. You're worthy. You're worthy. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God omnipotent, Lord, we're asking for you to help us posture ourselves in such a single eye and a unity that your glory come down. The cloud that led Israel out of Egypt, let that be the cloud of spirit, Lord, that takes over in our heart, the heart of this body here for our community. Amen. Our world needs a witness. Our world needs a message of hope. Our world needs light. Our world needs the salt of the earth. Thank you, Jesus, for stirring us up. Amen. And getting us away to the reality, Lord. Amen. You're ready, but who will let you? Amen. For the next little bit, amen, just you and Jesus work out how you can let him take over in your heart and you can be his child. Visitors, thank you for coming. If you need to go, you're welcome to leave, but we're going to turn our hearts to heaven today and you're welcome to join with us. God bless you.